Corker. I am joined with Bro today. Hey, Bro. Hello, hello, hello. Bro says use our outdoor voices, and it's so appropriate to use our outdoor voices because the theme of today's podcast is outside, out of office. And what's your new acronym for out of office? Only operate outdoors. Only operate outdoors. And it's summer, and the sun is shining, and we want to riff on summer vacations, why they matter, and what to do when you take them. Why do you take a summer vacation, Stefan? Well, I have learned that there is something really beautiful about shutting down. And shutting down, we are trying this for the first time since we've had this company. I was going to say, Steph Corker and shutting down don't usually go in the same sentence well, for everyone listening. <laughs> he's right. And the, and the point is that it gets to a point where a weekend doesn't feel like a long enough time to shut down. And admittedly, the weekend is actually my favorite time to get work done. Yes. So I'm never not online. Mm-hmm. And we made a deal that we were going to be offline for four days. And this falls in line with the July 1st holiday in Canada and the July 4th holiday in the U.S. And we are going to be out of our inbox with a 50 burpee penalty for every email that you send to the team during that time. Or 20 burpees if you send an email to a non-team member. Yeah. And I personally will say, and I need to hear from you next, it makes me feel anxious. I already feel worried. And I think, what a fun challenge that isn't a start line that elevates my heart rate. <laughs> and, and that feels really real. I also am excited because I can already feel the ideas that are brewing, the newness that will come from not being in a routine that feels like it has for five years. So what can be born out of a time of rest? And I think that that is really like when people are given more vacation, they often don't take their vacation. And so the rhetoric around, you know, an unlimited vacation plan in most companies the research has actually shown that people take less vacation. And people who have limited vacation actually use it more. Mm. It's an interesting thing that when you have less food on the, on the table, you take less of that food to make sure everyone gets it. Right. But when you're at a buffet, all of a sudden you pack your plate full of all the food And when you get to the table, you're like, oh, I don't think I can eat all of this. Right. And so this idea of having abundant time is not necessarily as productive as condensed time off. Mm. So it's really nice to be able to say, you know, we're taking four days off and you get to do burpees if you break it. (laughs) How do you feel about a summer vacation? Oh, I feel like just the best. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's also the goal. Because Seth Godin said this, and I feel like we very much live by it, that we've created lives that we don't need a vacation from. Totally. Yet I've never heard about Corker so excited for a vacation. Well, I also and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I recognize, I actually was sharing this with some friends on the weekend, because we're going to be going to Culture First, happening at the end of July. Culture Amp is putting on their conference called Culture First, and we're off to, I think it's San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. 
And so I was reflecting on the last time we went to a conference together. It was also in San Francisco last year. And it was really cool to travel because the ideas we got, the work that we generated was really productive. And I laughed and I said, but traveling with my sister is very different than traveling with anyone else because Steph thinks that when you're in a plane, that's five hours of meeting time. And my version of a plane is like, oh, I could actually watch a movie and not fall asleep to it. And I can read a book or listen to a podcast or play mindless games to allow my mind to wander, to allow my mind to not think about work. And so when you're like, I don't know if, what a weekend is, I'm like, yeah, I know what a weekend is. This <laughs> is my like. problem. And it's what happens when he's not wrong. It's so true. I used to love an airplane because it didn't have Wi-Fi. And I would joke that I just wanted to go on a, a plane to be productive in my own way of doing the things that I wanted to do. Now planes have Wi-Fi and it's intermittent and I get mad. And when I try to play solitaire on my phone, my hand falls asleep and I drop my phone on my face. So yeah, I just- How do you place the solitaire that your phone falls on your face? Because my hand falls asleep. And so when my hand falls asleep holding my phone up, trying to press all of my cards, do you hold your phone above your head? No, but high enough up that the blood is leaving the hands. But how does it fall on your face? Or does it fall on your lap? Well, maybe it's more like when I'm in bed at night. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to not go to sleep. Play games on your phone. Totally. Anyway, so you're right. And I, this, these are called professional boundaries, and we get to have family life and work life and it's true that it's so easy for things to blur and they're both relationships family and business that need to be honored for what they are one of the things that really resonates or i hope that listeners can hear is that people have a different relationship to time off and you and i have a very different relationship to time off and that when we're honoring people's out of office, sometimes out of office just means I'm going to still respond to your email, but it'll just be on my time and it'll be at an odd hour. And like, I'll still be available, but I'll be, it, it won't be, I won't be readily available. I won't be instantly responding to things. And other people's out of office will be a true, I'm in the back country. I have no access to Wi-Fi, or maybe I'm just going to pretend like I'm in the back country and not turn on my phone and really disconnect from it all. And my perspective on it is do whatever allows you to feel recharged, to generate new ideas and to give yourself space, both physically and mentally to dream, to meander, to get lost because that I think is so healthy for us as humans, especially in a constantly connected environment. You nailed it. And being busy doesn't feel something I'm proud of. And being able to switch off to recharge feels so, so important. Mm -hmm. And an athlete, as an athlete, you would never just build, you recover and you work hard and you recover hard. And and it's so necessary. So I can't wait. It's this week. This week we're offline. So before we got too excited about summer vacation, we also acknowledged that this time of the year is six months into 2019, or six months into the calendar year. And it was your beautiful husband who reminded you that now is a great time to check in on goals. Oh my gosh. The moment 
it couldn't have been more uplifting. I was leaning over our kitchen counter and Chad was in our other room and he opened the door slightly and looked at me and said, hey, it's going to be July soon. Does that mean that we need to check in on our goals? Like, should we reevaluate our goals for the year? And I didn't say anything because I genuinely was just smiling my giddy, I'm addicted to self-development smile. And he then closed the door waiting for my response and then opened it again. And he's like, why aren't you saying anything? And I was like, I don't know what to say in this moment because my smile is so big that it'll probably just come out as like, yes. <laughs> and it was a perfect reminder that six months, you have six months left for your one-year goals. Six yeah. months left of the year. And all of those good intentions that look like goals now need to be either put into action to become goals or taken off the list because a good intention has no space on a goal sheet, in my opinion. Well said. So, bro, your 2019 one-year goals, how does reevaluation look like for you? So first off, I always start with the vision. So we have a five-year vision of where we're going in five years. And that, first and foremost, is the guiding light. And what I mean by that is when that is correct, when the destination of where we're going still feels accurate, then the goals can be shaped to, to that destination. But if I was gonna go on a road trip and, from Vancouver and say, I'm gonna to go to a road trip to Kelowna or Portland or San Francisco, those are three very different destinations that require three very different trajectories. So likewise, when evaluating my goals halfway through the year, I look at the vision and say, am I still going in that direction, first and foremost? And then I start with what I can celebrate. What have I done that I, you know, I don't live in my goals every day. I don't open up and look at my goals and think of what can I do today to get close to my goals. So sometimes I have already accomplished a goal and I didn't celebrate it yet. Or I am actually closer to a goal being accomplished than I think I can. So for me, it starts with what can I cross off to say, yep, I've done it. Then I look at the goals that I haven't accomplished yet, yet are still important to me. So an example of this would be, uh, I have a goal this year of completing three sweaty, we did it moments. And the idea is to sweat with friends. The idea is to cross something off that we either haven't done before or just haven't done before together. And when I look at the back half or the first half of the year, I've only completed one. So that means the back half, I really want to make sure I have two on the calendar with friends that we're ready to, to gear up for. And looking at my goals and seeing which ones need to shift or which ones need to uh, be rejigged really gives me that focus of, okay, what this is my game plan for the back half. And then the third step for me is taking off the ones that are no longer important. Crossing off the things, not that I don't think I can, that they're attainable in this year, but more like they aren't a priority anymore. So it's acknowledging what's important and what has been done and not if, because the reality is you do have six months left yeah. and are the goals that are left on the goal sheet worthy of the next six months or do they need to be reevaluated? Mm -hmm. 
that's super clear. And I love a summer vacation project. I mean, put me on a plane <laughs> for five hours and we can talk about the back half of your goals. I want to know if you set out a goal with the buy when in the first six months of the year and you failed at it, what do you do now? This is where some people would say, well, you didn't, you didn't achieve the goal. So cross it off and just say you didn't achieve that goal for the year. And I say, what if you got even more committed to achieving that goal because you still have six months? Mm. So in some cases, there is a very specific uh, deadline to a goal. A race, for example. If you had a specific goal time for a race that happens in March every year, well, you don't get another chance to do that race until next March. So I get that. Super clear. And if it was... Let's use a race example. If it was to qualify for worlds in the, in the sport that you're competing in, there may be other qualifying races. Book a ticket. Do the next thing. Go to the next qualifying race. If your goal was to make X number of dollars in revenue, you have six more months. If you didn't hit the goal the first six months, like what do you need to double down on? And so instead of crossing off a goal that you haven't accomplished, Consider that it's just a goal you haven't accomplished yet and allow this next half of the year to be one that still allows your goals to be successful. I love that. And I know that you've challenged me on that quite a bit in the first half of the year and to saying, you know, what does the back half of the year look like if those goals weren't achieved in the first half of the year? And one thing that you've told me that I remember is asking why the goal matters and sometimes it's actually not even that goal. Mm -hmm. And when you get down to what it is, the like nucleus, the heart of why the goal matters, there's another goal that can be written mm -hmm. that will either generate the same feeling, generate the same fear, generate the same joy, and you just need to give yourself a take two and a second shot at writing that goal for the back half of the year. Yeah, like the year isn't done. Give yourself all the time and credit that you deserve. It's like make it happen. Absolutely. And I think it's a brilliant time because I know at least here in Vancouver, when it's sunny, it's really easy to just write the summer off. It's like everyone's on vacation now. And I actually view it as the new January. It's fresh. It's sunny. Things are growing. We can grow. And I love what you, we started this podcast with, which was what's your OOO? Only operate outdoors. Only operate outdoors. So how do we renovate our relationship with time if we're not on vacation to have access to the outside? And I bring this up because it actually allows me to think about how do I renovate my relationship with my goals in a new way? Mm. And so how do we use this season to think about traveling lighter, to outdoor meetings more often, to starting work an hour earlier, the sun is up at five o'clock. You know, what are, what are those tweaks that can be made to really maximize the, the next couple of months of glorious sunshine? And hey, if you don't have a goal on your goal sheet that also involves protecting the outdoors mm. and making sure that we're decreasing our impact on the beautiful outdoors we get to enjoy in the summer months, Maybe that's a goal to add to the list on the back half of this year. Honor Mother Earth. Amen. We need to honor time. It's time to wrap. Can we wrap this? What's making your heart beat faster? Uh, we have just finished three of the four weddings this <laughs> holiday season. We are in the final stretch to celebrate love in 2019. And I couldn't be happier for all the couples that said I do. 
amazing. And I am actually on a European adventure and being the captain of cheer squads. And cheering is my second favorite place to be if I'm not on the start line. So <laughs> I am joyous. And that's a wrap.